0: It's an opportunity attack. Hello, and welcome back to the Grognards. I'm Dean Geigen.
1: I'm Eric Hawley.
2: And I'm Greg Ziegler.
0: And today is a uh, another episode of the Grognards that's going to go on a slightly different tact than usual. And as you know, we have these things called opportunity attacks, which is basically... An attack of opportunity to talk about something that uh, we don't normally have an outline for. Something that doesn't lie within a normal combat round that we just sort of stick in there. Exactly. And this one is a time to talk about all those wonderful little bits that we have. And no, we're not talking about uh, those manly bits. No, no. <laughs> the, uh, the comedy the bits. The comedy bits. You
1: guys'
2: bits might be little, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Um, when we... Started with the podcast, we decided pretty quickly we wanted to try to include some sort of comedy in in it. Not just our normal talk, but but something that would entertain. Because who knows whether we're entertaining or not? At least when we started, <laughs> we entertain ourselves. Right? We think we're, we're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started to come up with these bits, and we bury them in the middle of the podcast. Sometimes we're at the end. Sometimes we're in the middle. Um, and are sort of hard to come up with. Like, I think do you, would you agree? Do you? I would
0: think so. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, I have to commend you. You you have come up with the majority of them, and I think together we've kind of all fleshed them out. But uh, yeah, it, it's almost like in a sense of uh, coming up with an adventure for a and session. It's very similar. You have to start with that like kernel of
1: an idea, right? And and, and usually, it's hard to do by yourself because you have to brainstorm and then like take it like where could we do with this? Yeah, and that
0: kernel of the idea is usually the topic. That we're talking about yes. for the week. Yeah. And I think our, the system we've refined
1: is we sort of brainstorm a little bit as a group. I write something up. We might modify it as a group. And then Dean tends to do the final touches on it because you're the one doing the recording most of the time. Right.
0: I have to recruit people to do the voice work. And then I have to do all the editing and stuff like that, which is you know uh, kind of fun to do because it's, uh, it's creative in its own way. Um, it's like drawing the map for the dungeon.
2: And you found some really good people, too, to do some voices.
0: Yeah. Fortunately, I work in an industry where there's some really good voice talent.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So So we have all these bits that are buried in the podcast. And I thought, you know what? I hate for people to miss it. And we put a lot of work into them. So it's also a little, uh, you know, I want them to be out there. So we thought we would do an entire podcast where we just play a bit and then we talk about it a little bit. Because some of them have backstories. Some of them are more interesting than others, um, so so that's what we're going to do.
0: Okay, so our first one is the Tensor Cycle commercial, and I'm not quite sure what episode that was, okay. but the Tensor Cycle, of course, uh, we recruited um, Eric's uh step kids uh and they were the voice actors for it. yeah yeah both you know thespians in high school and and now trinity is majoring
1: in acting in college so mm-hmm. quasi-professionals at this point um but let's <laughs> let's give it a listen and we can talk about it okay
0: welcome to Greyhawk talk with your host drelzna vampire temptress
3: Grey Greyhawkians. I'm Dresner and today we're talking with Melf of Melf's Tensor Cycles.
4: Hello, Dresner. It's a pleasure to be here.
3: Now, Melf, most people know you for the acid arrow thing you did years ago. I know my friends and I love that spell.
4: <laughs> yes, a uh, bit of a lark in my younger days. Now I'm involved in something much more exhilarating, Tensor Cycles.
3: Oh, Tensor Cycles? I've never heard of a Tensor Cycle. What is it?
4: Well, it's the latest in personal transport. My good friend Tenser...
3: Oh, I know Tenser. He tried to stake me once.
4: Uh, quite right. He's a force for good, and you being a vampire temptress and all.
3: Oh, Melf, you silver-tongued trauma. The things I could do to you. Uh,
4: yes. Well, as I was saying, Tenser designed a spell that creates a magical disc. It follows you, and if you move too far from the disc, over 20 feet, it moves towards you to catch up. At Melf's cycle, we have mounted a 21-foot rod with a crank, a seat, and a front wheel onto the disc. Just turn the crank so you're more than 20 feet from the disc, and presto, the disc pushes you forward as it attempts to catch up.
3: Wait a minute. Doesn't it only move a few inches?
4: Uh, No, 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 my dear. The entire assembly is mounted on the disc itself. It never catches up. You always remain over 20 feet away. In order to slow down or stop, you simply crank yourself back to within 20 feet.
3: Isn't that dangerous? It sounds dangerous. Uh,
4: No more dangerous than occasionally teleporting into solid earth. The acceleration can be fairly abrupt, but we market primarily to adventurers. They love that sort of thing. Our test driver, Beefy the Barbarian, recently set a new land speed record from Greyhawk to Divers. Last we heard, he was passing through the sea of dust and still accelerating.
3: That sounds fabulous. Where can our listeners pick up a tensor cycle?
4: We have dealerships acro- opening across the flaness, or you can take the teleportation circle to our main showroom in the city of Greyhawk.
3: Well listeners, that brings us to the end of another episode of Gray Hawk Talk. Join us next time when we speak with some guy named Jeremy Crawford and set him straight on why Gray Hawk is way better than Forgotten Realms.
0: Okay. The Tensor Cycle. That, I mean, that I, was one of my more favorite bits. I, I, I would have to say so also. And this, dear listeners, is an example of the whole min-maxing uh, mentality of our friend Eric. Yeah. I mean, and there's I, a lot of detail th- in there's there.
1: There's a lot going on there. So one, I have to say, I love that we got the dig in against Forgotten Realms at the end. <laughs> I enjoyed that hot guy. <laughs>
0: um,
1: that whole Tensor Cycle idea, I don't even remember where I first heard that, but that's been around for a while. That you know, tensor floating disc will follow you, and if you stay just outside a range, theoretically, it will like continue to move towards you.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Greg, did you draw up a little sketch
2: of uh, the tensor cycle? I a bad sketch, uh, but it, it's hard to clean up because it's it's a tricky concept. To and, get and it's even tricky to stuff. explain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Verbally. Over, but I think they
0: did a good job
1: with it. I mean,
0: do it, you still have that sketch anywhere?
1: Uh, somewhere. Yeah,
0: we may have to include that uh when we release it, it this needs podcast. Some
1: serious cleanup. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the other stuff going on
0: in there. It's okay. I like the I like the the early day uh, artwork.
1: <laughs> yeah. Besides just the tensor, I like the fact that uh, we have drellsna and obviously, if you
0: remember the coffee talk from Saturday Night Live, yes, yes, you know. Um, and a lot of people don't realize. Well, maybe they do. If they're a grognard, they do that. Drellsna is is, yeah, is, is an a NPC. Car- is an NPC. She was oh. the daughter in
1: I think Perrinland, or that area or the um, the the witch queen. I
0: forgot. Uh. Yeah. But
1: then she actually became a vampire. Mm-hmm. A vampire. Pyrrhus, Vampirus. Vem- vem- Pyrrhus. Vampirus. Well, but whatever. Um, Vampirina. So I don't think she sounded like Fran Drescher, but, you know, that's artistic license. Trinity
0: did a really great job. She did. She did. And And and, we
1: thought about making that that Greyhawk talk like a recurring segment. We just haven't had an opportunity to throw anything else in. Yeah, and And, we
0: also need to make sure that our voice talent doesn't move away to college. Yeah,
1: that's always a problem. Yeah.
0: But they are cheap, so. It was a a lot of fun. It was very well done. Okay, our next one, um, I think, had the best voice actors ever. But the... Uh... It's the retirement home bit. Oh. And you know... Um, <laughs> I would disagree with that assessment, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, all of us here, the grognards, we are a men of a certain age, but that age is not old. No, but it is <laughs> aging. <laughs> it's better than the alternative. Yeah, that's and this, true. Well, I guess we should listen, then we can talk about okay, it. Okay, here we go. This is our retirement home bit.
5: Looking for somewhere to park that elderly parent who does nothing but talk about Dungeons and Dragons all day? At the Blessed Fields of Elysium Retirement Home, we cater to the needs of aging grognards. At Blessed Fields of Elysium Retirement Home, each room comes with a full set of large-print polyhedral dice. Our trained staff will settle any rule disputes in a professional... Hey,
0: check out our new activity coordinator. He looks like he's 12 years old. His first character was probably based on anime. Uh-oh, here it comes.
4: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Today, for our
5: activity, we are going to play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. 5th edition?
2: the hell's wrong with 4th edition? I don't need advantage to hit things. In my day, you spent 10 minutes sifting through your at-will, per-encounter, and per-day power cards. Choose your action, apply status effects, forced movement, and damage. Take into account your half-level bonus modifier and trained or untrained status. We don't need something as complicated as Advantage. Power cards? Are
1: you kidding me? When I played 3rd edition I had a 20 page character sheet. We didn't need encounter cards. We calculated our to-hit bonuses on our TI scientific calculators and we liked it. I needed a spreadsheet to plan out my rogue's character advancement up to level 20. And that was before I even rolled the first die. That's how you play D&D.
0: Rogues? You had rogues? In 2nd edition our character class was Thieves. You know how freaking hard it is to steal something when your job title is Thief? Thieves? If we only had Thieves! When I played Redbox, the Dwarf
1: would have given us Belt of Dwarven Lords for a class. Instead he was just a Dwarf. Only the snobby humans got to have a character class. How racist. Belt of Dwarven
2: Lords? When I played Palladium, my Dwarf wrapped a dead kabold around his waist and called it a day. What we would have given for a belt of Dwarven lords?
1: Palladium, heretic. You do realize this is a Dungeons and Dragons
0: nursing home, right? Innkeeper, I demand that you remove this interloper.
2: That's a nurse, Dean.
0: Oh, the good old Elysium Fields uh, retirement home. Yeah, owned. so so we yeah, are all ready yeah, for yeah, our yeah. old Prospector <laughs> RPG. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, how is it that, you know, when we affect our old person voice, we sound like a bunch of, you know, 49ers, you uh, know, uh, yeah. for Yeah, I no. think Greg <laughs>
1: set the tone, and that's what did it. I think he just, you know, we're not professional
0: voice actors. No, man. Uh, When man. I
2: think old person, I immediately go... Old prospector. Yeah. yeah. So- and
0: uh, the other two people in that skit uh, are my uh, assistant here at the uh, radio station that I work at, and one of my students, Yeah, who also is a and d player. A- now, granted, one of them is not a and d player, and if you're listening, you can tell that, because he called it... Polyhedral yeah. dice. Yeah, well,
1: poly- our <laughs> own Greg you- said kobold, and yeah. I've always pronounced it cobald. So. I've always said cobald. So uh, too.
2: I was, I've said cobald, but you can't do that as well when you're doing crazy, <laughs> crazy <project>. old <laughs> Now, so, now, yeah. <laughs> one other thing:
1: Blessed Fields of Elysium is a plane. Yes, you know, yeah, one of the aligned planes. I forget what it's like lawful, neutral, or yeah, something I believe like so. That. Yeah. Um. So so we turn that in and um. You know, the idea was sort of that when, you know, when I was a kid, I had to walk uphill both ways, to right. school in the snow, you know, yeah, I mean. Right, right, um, yeah. So that sort of worked. But we ran into the problem that we run into a lot on this show. We wanted to go sort of back through all the editions of D&D. And we got to 4th and we know nothing about 4th. But <laughs> yeah, that's the one that's that Greg helpful. expounded on the most. <laughs> yeah, and while we were doing a playback, Greg's like, I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> Because I wrote it, and I had yeah. to, like, research online to, like, okay, well, I, I did play fourth. Don't get me wrong, but I don't remember. I don't know fourth like I did second. I played
0: one game of it. first, yeah. yeah. I knew better. Yeah, <laughs> I played. Yeah, you were the smart one. Um, do you think that years down the road, and I'm talking 40, 50 years down the road, when we're all around 100 years old. Yeah, that's that, going to happen. Oh, come on. you got to have faith. Uh,
2: that, I'll be ahead in a jar. <laughs> If his kids have anything to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, do you think we'll still be playing D&D?
1: You know what? I go to conventions, and there are some old dudes that oh, are yeah. still gamers. A lot yeah. of them are miniature gamers, because that's the right. the really old dudes. That's where they started, right? But yeah. I anticipate... I hope I still am. Yeah, I, I mean, really what, do. What I else really you do. got going on? Dice yeah. are just going to have to
2: keep getting bigger and bigger, but... That's right. <laughs> and there is
1: a lot of evidence that says if you um, keep your... Mental, your brain working mm-hmm. um, that you can sort of stave off dementia and Alzheimer's. Now, usually it's learning new stuff. So just doing what you know doesn't isn't good enough. Ooh. They always the the they always say learn a new language late in life because you're forcing your brain to f- forge new connections. Well, learning a brand new game is similar to learning a language. Oh yes, definitely. So yes. so maybe there's some mental health, you know, there as well.
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope so or because brain health. you know the three of us could really use the help. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Yep, yep. So, we're going to switch gears and let's see I think this was for our Wizards podcast. And um neither I don't think Either of you two are mixed martial arts. Oh, fans. I am. Are you? Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe I went that's to, where the, I went the to next...
1: UFC ninety nine up in uh, Montreal and so, so ninety nine. Okay, 99. So that was, was a long time ago. Eleven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was like number ninety nine. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. They're up to like two sixty seven yeah. now. So. You can but see yeah. how good my math yeah. is right there too. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, similar
0: to D and like watching people beat on each other. All right. <laughs> well, maybe that was part of the uh, the the kernel of the idea. For yes. uh, this next spot, this is our M M M A spot. So let's give this a listen. Okay.
5: Greetings, fight fans! Welcome back to Free Day Night Fights. We are coming to you from Divers, City of Sales, where gold is thicker than blood. And we may have a chance to test that proverb tonight. I am Ro Jogan. I'm joined tonight by a veteran of the Magical Mix Martial Arts Ring, Elric of Melnabone.
6: Thank you, Ro. It's great to be here. Is having an albino as a color commentator some kind of
5: joke? No, 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 no. I assure you, we hired you for your expertise in M-M-M-A. It was a shame they forced you out of the league after that doping scandal.
6: Extremely unfair and still under appeal. I misplaced Stormbringer for a bit and had to return to my unique blend of herbal supplements to maintain my strength.
5: Well, hopefully the board will find in your favor. But until then, we look forward to hearing your thoughts on this evening's Battle Royale. We have a great match lined up, Gandalf the White versus Harry Petronas Potter. I haven't fought
6: either of these wizards. I thought about killing Harry at one point, but I am a one-kill, one-soul kind of guy and didn't want to chase down all his pieces. Souls should be drained with one single stroke of a demon-forged blade,
5: not collected in bits like Pokemon. Both fighters are coming off victories. Gandalf vanquished Sauron, and Harry recently took down Voldemort. We can say his name now, right? Since he's dead? I hope it's okay to say his name. That
6: Gandalf victory was a while ago, so we may see a little bit of ring rust. Ring rust. Get it? I can be a funny guy.
5: Yeah, you're one of the funniest, melancholic, self-loathing people I know. Rules allow Gandalf to wield his staff, but he will be fighting without his sword, Glamdring, or his trusty mount, Shadowfax. Does that put him at a disadvantage?
6: Gandalf wants this fight to go the distance. His Balrog match took days to complete. If he makes it through the first few rounds, I expect he will start to dominate, with or without his horsey. And what about
5: Harry? How does he look for this match?
6: Harry is the younger of the two, which may give him a reaction time advantage. Overall, I haven't been that impressed with his fights. He lacks that killer instinct. I picked Voldemort to win the last fight, but Harry took the victory on a technicality. Well, Harry did warn him he was master of the Elder Wand. Sounds to me like Harry had some heavy plot armor in that bout. Real spellcasters
5: don't use armor. This is it fight fans, Harry Patronus Potter is now entering the arena. He is sporting Gryffindor colors and has chosen to use the Elder Wand for this fight. May not
6: be the smartest move when fighting someone whose greatest accomplishment is destroying a powerful
5: magic item. And here comes Gandalf, entering the arena carried by a giant eagle. It looks like he will fight in his traditional white robes. I
0: missed the gray. Let's go to referee Herb Dean. Okay, wizards, I've already spoken to you each individually in your towers. I expect a clean fight. No casting before the bell. No disintegrations below the belt, full body only. Try to keep area of effect spells within the ring. If you want to copy spells, do it now, then head to your corners. Harry looks hopeful that Gandalf will share some magical knowledge, but Gandalf is having
5: none of it. He isn't the type of wizard that shares spells. Real spells come from demonic packs, not by going to wizard school. The wizards retreat to their corners and eye each other warily. It appears Harry is consulting with Hermione on the best course of action. It could be a chance for Gandalf to do some early damage. Gandalf moves to the center of the ring and waves his staff. I see glowing sparks forming, rising into the sky. Could it be fireball? A meteor storm? They explode. Oh, wait, it's just fireworks. He is only a fifth-level caster. Harry now has his wand out. He points it at Gandalf. Avada Kedavra! A death curse. A strong opener. Gandalf stiffens and falls to the canvas. Herb Dean checks for a pulse and shakes his head. The match is over. Harry Petronas Potter defeats Gandalf the White in 27 seconds. Is that a new record, Elric? Not even close. Last year,
6: Bigby took down Harry Dresden in negative 38 years by casting Wish and wishing Dresden had never been born. Besides, in this case... Potter's victory is empty. Gandalf is Maya. He will be returning.
5: Well, there you have it, Fight Fans. A quick victory by the boy who lived again. We will see you next week for our cross-planar brawl between Bigby and Raceland. Any predictions on who
6: will win that match, Elric? I expect Bigby will have the upper hand. Oh,
0: my God. And there you had it, Fight Fans. Yeah,
6: We were laughing.
1: There was a lot... Of jokes in there. Oh yeah. yes,
0: there's a lot and a lot of detail, uh, and you almost had to be—you um, have to be a fan of all yeah. three so, literary.
1: Well, not only that, yeah. but and every, an MMA. Everyone, fan. <laughs> like I try to work Greyhawk in everything. So free day is Friday on the Greyhawk calendar. Yes. So free mm-hmm. day night fights instead of Friday night fights. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the first thing I noticed. So i was like, oh, there's my little my little dig for you know my little plug for Greyhawk. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah.
0: If you don't know about Elric of Meldabone, you don't know that he is an albino, and the only way he can really survive is by taking herbal supplements. Or by carrying Stormbringer, his demon-forged blade (laughs) that drains people's souls. And, you know, every soul he takes puts That energy into him. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And uh, the, the guy that did him did a really good job of being sort of morose and a downer all the time, yeah. which is how he's pretty well portrayed in the book. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs>
1: at the end, um, with Gandalf being a fifth level wizard, that's a callback to an early Dragon magazine. Somebody, and I don't remember who, I'd have to look it up, published an article that basically looked at Gandalf through the Tolkien works and basically said he never casts any spells. Like, he does fireworks, he does a couple things from his staff, so their their argument was, look, he's only a fifth-level magic user in D&D <laughs> terms, like in, in first edition. or That you know. must have raised a lot oh, of it's still, eyebrows. Oh, it's yeah. still—and actually, the guy has a response— um, online that you can Google,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you Google like Gandalf 5th Level Magic User. And basically my recollection is the response like, people, let it go. Like it was like 1978.
0: <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Let it go. We are all well, aware that people online you know, love nothing he, more than yeah. to be
0: outraged. He,
1: he was like 18 years old. He's like, you know, and that's what I've known best
0: for is, is this little article I penned on a whim, you know, poking fun. That was one of the more difficult bits to put together. There's a lot of editing in that. I think that took as long to do as it did for us to actually create the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a, a complicated, complicated bit. Yeah,
0: there was a lot. But it yeah, came you off got d- well. You
2: got the different theme musics in the background. You got the Potter music. You got the yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings music. And that
1: yeah. was one where I wrote all the core dialogue. Um, but then I know, Dean, you added the Maya bit at the end, which I totally— that that worked perfect. Yeah, because I didn't even think of that. You know, that's one that um, he
0: came back. I mean, he came back in Lord of the Rings that's after right. the fight yeah. with he the Balrog. Hard. I mean, you know, Harry you, Potter. Come on, you I know, know it's, he, it's disappointing, yeah.
1: but that goes with also his literary background that right. he always wins. Yes, yeah, Potter cheated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the whole Elder Wand and and you know, collecting the the souls like Pokemon because <laughs> yeah. Potter has that, his
0: souls and horcruxes and I mean they're all very geeky if you yes. think about it. But uh that one probably had the most geek cred. Yeah. There you, was a lot going yeah, on. There was a lot yeah, going on. It wasn't on in that just
2: one. it wasn't just those three properties that we were you were taking from, but yeah. uh you know, yeah, we with the Pokemon and some
7: right. other things. It was Our, good.
0: Now, the next one that we have here um, kind of hits close to home for one of us. It's uh, it's all about Greg and his addiction. Oh, th- yeah. that was I think that might have been our first one. It could be first. It was a very early one. Yeah, yeah. And as you all know, <laughs> and then Greg, if I misspeak, please correct me. But I never, I'm I never sh- don't. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Greg has a full-blown, almost... Life-inhibiting addiction to dice. Yes,
1: he's a dice collector. I
0: mean, he oh. has them in his pocket. He has them on his desk. He probably sleeps with them.
2: It kind of comes and goes. I was actually <laughs> thinking about this the other day. Um, I don't think I've bought any dice for a while. I think it, the last time I got know new what? dice was like September. Don't you have it's a Kickstarter seasonal. coming in? Uh... That doesn't count until it shows up, and that's going to be like
1: 2021. you know when it hits it's gen Con because there's so many dice, Yes. I know he's
0: surrounded by dice you know I could just see him in a very very scary way in my mind's eye
2: him Which jumping in, in
0: self scary jumping into a basically a pit of dice is naked and just swimming around
2: i don't want to go there i'm a little concerned about you picturing me naked. let's listen to this uh, (laughs) because this was
1: in response to greg's dice addiction that we had brought up in a prior podcast
0: okay
6: this message is brought to you by dope diceaholics dice addiction can strike anywhere it is truly random
8: Rolling that first D4 seemed so harmless. How else can you cast Magic Missile? Before you knew it, I was begging friends for extra D6s so I could upcast Fireball. It really got out of control. I didn't even care about splash damage. I just needed more D6s.
2: There is a conspiracy by the game companies to enable Dice
0: addiction. Dice Pool games? They were no accident. Last year, everyone in my town had to stop playing Shadowrun for a month because we ran out of D6s.
2: These companies are making money off of this crippling addiction.
6: So before your number's up, call DOE at 555 Polyheed. That's 555 765
0: 9432. Oh, man. That's, I think Greg's got that number tattooed on yeah. his arm. I, Let me just oh, say oh,
2: yeah. it's DOE! dope, DOE! Yeah, because I actually do have a uh, D20. And in, uh, and the one is a doe. Yeah, hmm. yeah.
1: Um, and the voice actor, the woman, the first woman, uh, oh her name God. is
0: Kathy. Yeah, she's a uh, uh, she is a professional broadcaster, but she was also a student uh, here at the college that we do our recording. I at. mean, she just nailed it. <sighs> oh yeah, was no, just she, like she was one my of those favorite.
1: commercials you would see. Yeah,
0: everybody actually on that uh, that bit there was a uh, a student. Yeah, it was all yeah. student actors. More people Dean blackmailed for grades to work on the podcast. (laughs) That's right. They had nothing better to do.
1: Yeah, and again, a lot of little like inside jokes. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I thought it was sort of sort of amusing. Yeah, that was that was our first foray. It is not untrue.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I I have a quick question for you, Greg. Um, you spoke of you know the one is a dope on D twenty when you get specialty dice. What usually? What number is usually the, uh, the logo on? Is it on the one or is it on the six? Uh, d-
2: uh, well, I don't buy a whole lot of D6s because I okay. play DD. I buy a lot of D20s, and most of the unusual ones are that. I would say uh, on a D6, it's tend usually be, the one. Yeah. It's usually the one on a D6, and it's usually the 20 on a D20. The symbol. Yeah, okay. yeah, whatever, if, if you've got some kind of specialty symbol.
0: Now, I think so. I have seen... I do get a lot of D6s, not because I buy them, but because they just kind of come to me as I do these different things. Yeah. To me, it seems that they're always on the six. Like, you know, the logo is the high number that you want. It depends on what it is. Um, yeah. I have a one that has they like a skull
1: symbol of some sort, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like, and that's the six, because when you roll that, I was like, oh my God, I right. did six damage.
0: Yeah. Now, when I was playing... Um, Gosh, what is it? Uh, Flames of War. Yeah. Or is it... Uh, maybe I'm confusing it with something else. You wanted to roll low. So yeah, the symbol... Flames of War is low. Yeah. The symbol is on the one. Yeah. yeah. I know.
1: And early D&D, sometimes you wanted to roll low for certain things. Or wasn't that consistency yeah. where it's always mm-hmm. high, 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 high? Right. Yeah.
2: My skull dice, I think, from the 80s, I think it's all on the one. Okay. Yeah.
1: So.
0: All right. Uh, real, how many dice do you have? Oh, I Greg? have no idea. You've never counted.
2: No, no. I I probably would rather not because I don't think I want to know. Okay. I'm I'm in the Dice Maniacs Club on Facebook, though, and I am such an amateur. I mean, there are literally people on there who get, like, a shipment Yeah,
1: so there's this thing. I'm also on that because I have a friend from high school that I used to game with who Uh, is in it. That's his excuse. (laughs) They will, like, ship boxes around. Yeah, yeah, the boxes. And you
0: put a die in. You take a die out and you put a die in. What an interesting concept.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like yeah. uh, geocaching, but through the mail yeah. and with dice, and actually nothing like geocaching, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 Actually, um,
0: geoca- it is similar to geocaching, because yeah. they got tracker and bugs, and you can take an item, leave an item, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And as
2: we record this coincidentally, yesterday
0: was World Dice Day. So okay. I would never have known that had I not known Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could found live out about entire entire that. Found that on Facebook. Wow, there's a day for everything, isn't yeah, there?
2: Yeah, and they they make custom
1: dice for World Dice Day every year. Hmm. Great. Right now we can't play this podcast whenever because people are going to expect yesterday to be World Dice Day. <laughs> I, mean, I did say okay. as we record. All right, so we'll <laughs> just
0: say just remember that the 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 what is it? The fourth of the, December. Fourth the
2: of December every year
0: is World Dice Day. There we okay. go. We just fixed that problem. Okay. All right. So our next one, uh, we're going down the line. There is no rhyme or what? reason to do we, what it. Do is. we have
1: Fireball Wizard? Can we do it, that?
0: One? Oddly enough, that is the next okay. one. Okay. That's the one I wrote. Really that is like. the next one. Um, our next one is Fireball Wizard, which as soon as you hear it, you're going to know where it came from and the the parody that it's doing and referring to. Um, so I don't know. That's, let's just, give her a listen. Let's just listen to it.
9: I must've killed them all But I ain't seen nothing like him in any king's great hall That deaf dumb blind mage sure throws a mean fireball He stands just like a golem while fighters crash and bash Calculating volumes, avoiding any splash Cast by intuition, the enemies begin to fall Their depth dumb, blind mage sure throws a mean fireball He's a fireball wizard, there's got to be a twist A fireball wizard's throwing fireballs in their midst him so good he ain't got no distractions can't hear no mill spells don't see no swords flashing cast my sense of smell always kills the boss mob i've never seen him fall that deaf dumb blind mage sure throws me in a mean fireball i thought i would the evocation king but I just handed my fireball crowd to him even in my favorite dungeon he can beat my best his apprentice leads a man, and he just does the rest got crazy guano fingers crispy critters fall that death on blind man a mean fireball
0: The Fireball Wizard yeah, song.
1: Yeah, so that's one that I had carried around in my head since high school. There was some kid I played D&D with, and he was musical, and he came up with this in one session. And I had to recreate some of the verses. I mean, I sort of knew roughly... um what they were
0: but I mean and there's other versions that's obviously an, uh, I've seen other versions in print yeah a place to go this is the only version I've ever heard actually put together and put to music
1: yeah and, and uh, big thanks to Marcus Caproon friend of my uh, my
0: son's he who, was a traveling bard who yes. came through and we yeah. recruited him <laughs> Swapped
1: out his mandolin of, for guitar. Of course, me being low, like not really a musical person, I'm like, "Hey, Marcus, will you do this?" And he spent a lot of time just on the guitar. I didn't even think about like he has to learn this guitar part. Yeah, um, and get that down. And then
0: vocally, you know, he has to s- sing this entire song. That's what a it was like a two and a half minute song. Yeah, for- we spent almost a full hour and a half. Doing that song,
1: yeah. I mean, it gives me uh, newfound respect for recording artists.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and as a younger person, he's probably not as familiar with the song as we are.
1: Um, he's pretty well
0: versed yeah. in
1: classic rock. But, uh, um, well, I, mean, well, I it, didn't say he'd never heard it before, but yeah, just yeah. I mean, we know it. And yeah. you know, Dean and I, you know, we were in the SCA, and their Philk. Back in the day, it used to be a big part of the SCA and early conventions. Oh, God, yes. there's a word I you haven't would heard have folk songs. Yeah, <laughs> you don't hear it much anymore. I think
0: uh Gen Con, it still has a small nod to folk artists. India, those,
1: those performers yeah. sometimes will,
0: will mm-hmm. do some sort of folkish. Kind of doing stuff in the hallway. But I don't
1: know why that faded. That used to be a pretty, not a huge part, but you would you would run into it. Yeah. I mean, I, after the SCA, we used to have uh, revels after events. Yes. You'd go to somebody's house, and there was always somebody playing guitar. And doing a variety, either traditional medieval music or some sort of folk songs. I think I forth.
0: enjoyed the Revels more than I actually well, enjoyed the SCA. We were right? also
1: like twenty years old and yes. single, so yeah, right. yeah. I would yeah. say we did enjoy the Revels. Yeah,
0: probably why you were single. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, okay, so the next one is obviously related to the uh, our journey through the different classes of Dungeons and Dragons, and this is the fighter class bit. Which, to be honest with you, I don't remember much about this one. So we, well, let's good give it a little, and we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay, the Wizard's Tower stands before you, an open doorway beckoning you to enter. What do you do? Good thing I brought my followers. Fred and Bob are going to take up Overwatch
6: positions with crossbows in the bushes outside the tower, keeping a clear line of sight on the doorway. Harvey and Phil are going to position themselves on either side of the doorway, swords drawn. Jack, Tom, and Pudgy Bottom are going to rush through the doorway and clear the entryway of any threats. Once the entryway is cleared, Mook, Fodder, Helen, and Candy will work their way through the tower and signal it is all clear by unfurling my pennant from the parapet. Easy peasy lemon squeezy,
0: how much golden experience do we get? Now I know why you were so anxious to hit ninth level. Okay, now we yeah. remember that one.
1: Now we're, and here's the thing. Some of these bits have germinated for 40 years. Some of them, we say, we need a bit for the right now. Yeah. <laughs> and this next podcast.
7: This was one of those. <laughs> that
1: was one of those. And and we also do our grognard quote in the beginning of every podcast, which we also try to make humorous, but it's really short, yes, right? it's usually less than 30 seconds, yeah. if and, that. And every once in a while, we get into a concept that we sort of want to poke fun at that doesn't, it's too long for a grognard quote. It ends up as a little short as a bit, but this was one of those. Mm-hmm. And. And it was I, a mini-opportunity attack for a bit. It, it, d- yes, it's, uh, you know, we could phrase it that way. But the the point of that one was back in um, first edition, when fighters got followers, like, a lot of times you became, like, a personnel manager. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. you're adventuring. All of a sudden, you had, like, this group of people going with you wherever you went. You you became
0: a desk manager at that yeah, point. Yeah,
1: you were just like you know you, you hiring and firing. You're, mm-hmm. and so that was sort of poking fun at that old. Old aspect of D D where you could like literally go through dungeons and not actually swing a sword. Everybody else did it for you. That's what hirelings are for.
0: And I think probably the best part of that bit are all the names of the oh. hirelings <laughs> and henchmen. You know, there's Mook and Pudgy Bottom and, and Candy, Candy. <laughs> and then there's like what was there, Tom and
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's that is also true. If you have ever been in a situation where you need to generate tons of names for followers which we did back in in the day um it's not easy like you get to the point where like i don't care just name them something i know uh i had my monk character who had monk followers and i actually just started pulling them from i called the group the blood guard from thomas chronicles of thomas covenant mm-hmm. um and i just gave them all the blood guard names from that series of books so i didn't have to think about uh, it oh okay that well, works. That's, that's good. That's, you know, that but but really yeah, well. the names were funny. I like how we had the mix of some actual real names and then Pudgy Bottom and Candy. Well, Pudgy Bottom was well, he's a dwarf probably. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Probably. Could,
0: could have been a halfling. Okay. So our next little bit is, um, well, if you're a fighter, you probably have to have some sort of insurance. If you're an adventurer in any way, shape, or form, you're going to have to have some insurance because, you know, you you have a dangerous job. Yeah. And the insurance, you know, Lloyd's of London has been
1: around for hundreds of years. The insurance industry, you know, predates modern banking.
0: But there's one that is very, very uh, popular and and oft used in the Dungeons & Dragons realms. Yeah. And that is Dark Sun Insurance. That's right. So let's give
2: that a listen and we'll talk about it. The premiums have got to be horrific.
0: Oh, just wait till you hear the commercial. The
5: world is a dangerous place and death lurks around every corner. Wouldn't you feel better knowing your future was secure? Here at Dark Sun Insurance, your timely resurrection is our number one goal. We offer a variety of resurrection policies tailored to your individual needs. Our platinum level policy even covers disintegration by a sorcerer king. Do you frequently delve into dangerous places? For a small fee, your policy can include dungeon-side assistance. Our friendly kinders will recover your remains no matter your location. Do you want peace of mind while you're wandering the burnt world? Don't settle for lesser spells that may decrease your level or constitution. Contact Dark on Insurance today for a resurrection policy and achieve the only peace of mind available on the godforsaken world you call Home. Dark Sun Insurance is wholly owned and operated by Orcas Holding Company. Contracts are invalid when not signed in blood and a deposit of one soul is required. Resurrection guaranteed within 160
0: years. First and foremost, that is one of the best voice acted bits yes. we had. i
1: love that bit yeah yes and i think th- did that come i thought I think that came from you didn't it or where did that one start i came up with the
0: idea for it yeah but then you did a lot of i think you did most of the of the, the, writing. the writing but um i just really love that one because one it sounds exactly like like an, an insurance, insurance commercial yep. yeah yes. um, got
2: those disclaimers at the end that's <laughs> yes. important
1: yeah so so first thing i want dark sun um mm-hmm. uh, the campaign world right uh yeah. That was made by Tim Brown, former GDW employee, who um, I actually played Paranoia with him back in the day. He was a great GM for Paranoia. Um, did
0: anybody? Did you guys ever play in the Dark Sun campaign? I
1: did briefly. Yeah. Um, big Psionics. It's like a desert wasteland.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, pretty brutal. Like, so I've, I've been kind of wanting to maybe explore it, but my understanding is that you know it's not one of your regular. Uh, camp what you would normally think of as a campaign world it's just basically trying to survive
1: yeah it's very it's like a niche world like Dragonlance. okay if, if you're in there you're you, you don't you're sort of limited in what your options are just okay. based on the setting is it um, kind
0: of like you're stuck in the middle of a mad max movie
1: it's similar yeah because you have these sorcerer kings that own have these domains and and it's just i mean
0: it's it's easy to die in dark sun um, yeah, which it's fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't.
1: It's not your traditional D but D, but
0: <laughs> excuse me, but if it's so easy to die, you definitely need the dark stone. Yeah, and I agency. love the
1: disclaimers at the end because that sounds just like yeah. what you hear at the end of a commercial. I also had to look up what the uh, time limit on a true resurrection was because I didn't remember. Obviously, no, that was 168 years. 160. Something. It's it's like I think it might have been based on your level. I don't even remember now. But um, yeah, and. That was just—and we've wanted to do more stuff like that as well, like the fake commercials. Um, but you got to have the right topic for it to work.
0: That one worked great because everybody's familiar with those cheesy insurance commercials. All right, so we, uh, we're we going to move away from the dark side, you know, the, the whole death and destruction type of thing. And as you know, many D&D sessions, there's a lot of laughing. Last night I played D&D. And we were giggling so hard because somebody mispronounced the simple word of dragon and called it a dargon, <laughs> and we giggled for like fifteen minutes, like little schoolgirls, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, no they more. were up against the blue dragon, and somebody, oh my god, it's a blue dargon, and we're like, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> no more drinking during. Sometimes D&D. that's all it takes, and we just giggled. So we put together the D and D Relastra comedy skit and before oh, i get into yeah. this um we got a real live comedian to do this
1: yeah i mean it's great having the access to all the people you can have access to here at the college yes um so
8: here's uh the real astra comedy skit good evening humans and demi humans it is great to be in real astra tonight have you tried the grilled aboleth? i hear it is excellent last week i had some undercooked abeleth in parent land I had a migraine for two days. Cause they are psionic. (laughs) Try to keep up. The other night, we had a pair of gnolls show up for dinner. One said to the other, boy, do I hate my wife. The other said, then have the salad instead. (laughs) I love Rail Astra, one of my favorite cities. I played in Waterdeep last week. You know what you call an attractive woman in Waterdeep? A tourist. (laughs) Is it dark in here? How would you know? You have (laughs) InfraVision. Seriously, it is always so dark in these clubs, like they are all drow-friendly establishments. Waterdeep was so backwater, they didn't even have light spells. They all used candles. (laughs) Do You know how many adventurers it takes to light a candle? All of them, never split the party. Do you know how many trolls it takes to light a candle? only one, but he is very careful. <laughs> you know how many half-elves it takes to light a candle? Surprisingly only one. Turns out half-elves are good for something after all. <laughs> Seriously, though, I love the demi-human races. One of my best friends is a halfling. He was dating a war-forged woman but dumped her because she was too high-maintenance. <laughs> I see a couple of dwarves in the house tonight. Do you know why dwarves have such big nostrils? They have big fingers. (laughs) I get invited to a lot of dwarven events. You know the difference between a dwarven wedding and a dwarven funeral? One less drunk dwarf. You know how to tell the bride at a dwarf wedding? She's the one with the braided beard hair. It always confused me that we have half-elves and half-orcs, but no half-dwarfs. Do you know what you get when you cross an orc with a dwarf? Nothing. There's some things even an orc won't do. (laughs) I like to pick on the demi-humans, but deep down I love them. Now those humanoids, they are the worst. Did you hear about the goblin that walks into his cave with a duck under his arm? His wife asks, what is that? Goblin replies, this is the hag I've been shagging. The angry wife shouts, That's not a hag, that's a duck. The goblin looks at her and says, I was talking to the duck. (laughs) And how about those orcs? Always causing trouble. You know how many orcs can fit in a barrel? With the right spell, all of them. (laughs) But those monstrous races are the worst. Did you hear about the emo ooze? He just cut himself until he had enough friends. Good thing we have adventurers to keep them under control. Any adventurers here tonight? I had a monk friend of mine wanted to start an adventuring group. They registered with the guild and everything. Their application was denied because they didn't have a healer. They said it was a clerical error. The fighter in that group kept bringing his sword to parties. Very awkward. He said it was his plus one. The group never would have worked anyway. It included a husband and wife necromancer team. They eventually split up. Apparently, she didn't want to raise kids. That's all for tonight, Rel Astra. You have been a great audience. The
0: Rel Astra comedy skit. Yeah. Big shout-out to my good friend Eric Sizemore for doing the voice work for that. Yeah. He is a... uh, The delivery was perfect. Yeah. He is a comedian in a... uh, in another and world. And that was
1: one of my concerns when, we, when I was sending it in
0: the notes uh, that we need somebody who, who knows timing. Right. Because that was key. Yeah. yeah. He does uh, stand-up comedy uh, when he's not doing his regular job, and I think he did a really good job. Some of those jokes... Man, you really do not like dwarves because you wrote <laughs> most of those. Now, now Some okay. of those are recycled so jokes. Plagiarize,
1: plagiarize. That's why God uh, majorize. Okay. <laughs> I would love to take credit for those jokes, but in fact... Most of them appeared during during several Google searches. Some of right. them I had to modify from yeah. non non D and D jokes.
2: I'm guessing and,
0: that uh, the dwarf jokes were maybe you know Irish jokes. Maybe
2: um, <laughs> most of them have probably been around longer than we have. Yeah. yeah, just with inserting dwarf instead mm-hmm. of Yeah, I mean, else.
1: some of them are D&D yeah. specific. The plus one, the clerical error joke, I really like yeah. that one.
0: I really like the whole, uh, what do you get when you make, uh, you, you take a, a dwarf and an orc? What do you yeah. get? <laughs> uh, nothing. There's some things an orc won't touch that's, or won't do. That's right. Oh, um,
1: man. <laughs> and that came about because we're talking about, you know, we talked about it during bards. Not all bards are singers. Like, could you have a bard stand-up comedian? <laughs> And that's where we got the idea for that one. Yeah, you know, probably don't get as uh,
2: get as much uh, free stays at uh, ends with the bard comedian. Yeah, I, <laughs> and it's
1: hard to inspire your party, you know, in a, one, a six second combat round if yeah. you're doing a ten minute stand up set. You know. Yeah, I mean,
7: yeah.
0: Okay, so our um, our next little commercial uh, is the you Com. Yeah. Commercial. I think
1: that was one of yours, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And. When we listen to it, or when you listen to it, dear listeners, you want to kind of keep in mind that whole Ronco type of a feel for this commercial. Yep. Okay, here's the Kanyuko commercial. New from Kanyuko, a state-of-the-art gaming system. Tired of spending exorbitant amounts of money on the latest Alienware gaming hardware? Frustrated in fiddling with passwords and volume settings for your online games? Our system guarantees you will be gaming in no time, with minimal setup or maintenance. Our new, soon-to-be patented system is compatible with any gaming system, will support any number of players, and allows for easy content sharing. Tired of being disconnected during that big boss fight? Our seamlessly integrated visual elements and 100% reliable voice comms ensures that every player stays connected with zero packet loss guaranteed. Simply send $49.99 to Kanyuko and we will send you the table. It's the total access by Live Exposure Gaming System. Your table system will include a stack of paper in graph and plain formats, a box of pencils, and detailed instructions on how to call your friends, invite them to your home, and interact with them in a social setting. Act now and also receive a free six pack of Mountain Dew. Where
5: are the Cheetos? They're right next to you. I cast a spell. Where's the Mountain Dew? In the fridge, duh.
0: Act now while supplies last. Well, the table system. Yeah. An oldie and, but a goodie. Yes.
1: And now I remember that was your idea. I wrote the rough draft. You filled in. That was really a, a collaboration on that one. And
0: as Greg says, that was very early on. That was before I realized that I had a uh, plethora of Voice talent. Voice talent, yeah. That could be something other than our own voices. And uh, it kind of came about when I think we were talking about online gaming, uh, doing like uh, Roll20. and And yeah. um, basically people who come to the game table, and they're at the game table, but they're not really playing the well, game. And it was also, you know, like I say, Facebook,
1: you know, the Internet's toxic, and you see all these people who post about stuff related to, to gaming, and you're like, people, it's not that hard. you like, you get three or four people over to your house and play D&D. Yeah, you right. roll like, some dice, you write some stuff down. Yeah, exactly. You don't need all the bells and whistles, you know. I mean, as long as one person has the rules, and even then, nowadays... My you know,
2: Discord is glitchy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. I, I, and it was had that Ronco feel. You know, like yes. we're gonna charge you for something you could get for free.
0: It if was. Only, a, if only we'd have had Dan Aykroyd to read that. Oh yeah. well, I don't have his number in That's my 90, 2000. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> okay, our next one, and it will also be our last one for now. We for might now. do another episode and another ten
1: podcasts. Right, we've got a lot of uh, time to. Uh, Come up with new
0: ideas and stuff yeah. like that. And
1: if anybody has any ideas for bits they think would be funny, by all means, contact us. Let us know. We'll we'll take your germ of an idea and turn it into a high quality production, <laughs>
0: or you we, will take or a your, low quality production. Yeah, we'll take your completely written thing and plagiarize the snot out of it. That's right. Because we don't make money, so I don't think it's technically plagiarism. If we, uh, I, don't, I know don't know how know. that works. More I'm not do an we, attorney, yeah, I but so. I play one on the radio. You know what? We know an attorney who is also a gamer, so maybe we'll take. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, our last one is anger management, and this came about when we were uh, doing the podcast on the fighter class. Yes. Um, I know that we did a fighter class bit, but it was uh, this was one that we kind of fleshed out a little bit more, and it's a therapy session. And Yeah, let's give it a listen. Well, first off, yeah. Eric, I, I wonder, you know, it was so well written. It's almost like somebody had been in therapy before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know... Uh, I probably need therapy, but
1: uh, would
0: yeah. you agree, Greg? Uh, yeah, but yeah. you know
1: that's that's why we game, so we don't have to. That's
2: to
0: right. Therapy. That's right. Okay, so here's anger management.
10: Good morning, Mr. Giant Spain. Welcome to the first session of your court ordered anger management therapy. I understand you had a recent incident where you had difficulty controlling your emotions.
7: I had no problem controlling my emotions. I smashed my battleaxe in his feckin' face.
10: The authorities in Greyhawk have an unfavorable view towards violence within the city limits. I'm here to help you control your anger so you can become a productive member of society.
7: Productive member? I campaigned in the Pomarge, slaying hordes of orcs. I cut through waves of goblin war riders defending the dwarves and the crystal mist mutants. Those
10: are impressive achievements, but what about things that don't involve
7: violence? I was born of earth and fire to wield my battleaxe to slay the giants.
10: I'm sure your parents would be very disappointed to hear you say that.
7: What? My father was a famous giant slayer himself, and my mammy, a shield maiden who sang epic ballads as she laid waste to giant kin.
10: It is often the case that children from dysfunctional families struggle to break the cycle of violence.
7: Are you daft, Lassie?
10: Let's try a technique I have found effective in the past. I would like you to close your eyes and visualize a tranquil scene. Maybe a field with a small pond.
7: Like the plains of pain. I can do that.
10: I'm going to count backwards from ten. I want you to gradually relax your body as I count. Ten... Nine.
7: I see a giant coming. It's at the three line.
10: Eight, seven.
7: He's running toward me with his club. Oh, he's an ugly dubber.
10: Six. Five.
7: Five! That's my initiative. I smash the giant. I roll a twenty critical hit.
10: This may take more than one session.
0: Oh, that was so much fun. And that's another one
1: we're sitting here like laughing as we're listening to. The voice acting. Yeah, Mike was, did a good job.
0: That was a father-daughter uh, set there. Um, they're both talented actors in their own right. Uh, one of them is a student on the radio, and uh, Mike is uh, very heavily involved in the theater department that here was, at the college. Was, what are their names? So people... Mike and Maggie O'Brien. Okay, yeah, so I give them credit. Um,
1: yeah, that was one that had been sort of ruminating in my mind for a few months that I was like, you know, how— One, wouldn't it be funny if Adventure got sent to therapy, right? Yeah. And sort of the interaction of what our modern standards are versus what, you know, the the fantasy realm standards. We talked about that, you know, too taboo for tabletop-like. When you think yeah. about it, at its heart, what we do in a fantasy game is sort of a little scary. We run around and kill <laughs> things and take
7: their stuff.
0: We are all murder hobos. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And that was also a lot of fun to put together because there was some Foley work in there, and I don't know if you could hear it, but you know, there's a little bit of a quill scratching. Yeah. Because you know, the therapist is taking notes. Taking notes. I didn't want to put a pen in. I wanted a quill. On yeah. no, no, that's a must. Yeah. yeah so, and that's
1: why this is a team effort because <laughs> you know, uh, it takes all of us to to sort of bring this
0: stuff together and yeah. make it sound decent. And it is a lot of fun. And I think that the bits, um, we hope you enjoy them. Um, I know we enjoy making them and coming up with them. And I think they add a little bit of levity to what yeah. could be, you know, sometimes a tedious topic. And we throw a lot of information at you. And I think, you know, the
1: original idea, that dead life skit, you know, where I attack the darkness, right? <laughs>
0: Oh, That yes. one, if people
1: haven't listened to that, you can mm-hmm. find it on YouTube, you can find it on the internet. That was made in the 80s, and that is still floating around the internet because it is so funny to listen to. Um, some teenage kids playing D&D just do, saying stupid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They were a professional troupe of comedians. They put this out. And part of me hopes that, like, our stuff will be floating on the <laughs> internet, you know, and people like, hey, have you listened to that thing? It's really funny. Fireball Wizard, you know, um, there's an actual recording now, uh, stuff like that.
0: So um, when we return next time, uh, we'll be back, be back on our regular type of topic. We don't know what that is right now. But uh, if, again, you have any type of idea for a comedic bit or, you know, some type of sarcasm or satire, let us know. And that being said, Greg, why don't you take us out?
2: Yep. Uh, feel free to send your comments and ideas to us on Facebook where we are, The Grognards. Uh, on Twitter, you can uh, message us at TGrognards. And on Instagram, we are the underscore grognards, And we do take traditional email as gamers at thegrognards.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you laughed. I know that we did. So for The Grognards, I'm Dean Geiken.
1: I'm Eric Hawley.
0: And I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on.